guys. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of A Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer Spoke. Before we do that, I have a question for you. This yeah. came from one of our listeners from our main group, like, because we can't go to everybody. That'd be too long. From our main group of characters, who would you be friends with? Like, not who would you want to be friends with, but who would you, your life, the way you live it now, who would you be friends with? Um, I would be friends with Emmett for sure. Like, we'll be like probably besties. Um, we have the same personality. Very fun, outgoing, lighthearted, but caring, and also very protective of the friends. So definitely Emmett and I would be besties. I would also be friends with Ted because I always around myself around someone that's smart for some reason. I always have that one smart friend. <laughs> like, they still good looking, but they don't even see it. Yeah. But they're super smart, and you can always count on them for for a reason, for something. So definitely Ted. And um, I'll probably be friends with all of them, to be honest. I would be friends with every single one except for Brian. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds, like, messed up. But Brian and I, our personalities are not aligned. I know my temperature, oh, temperature. My um, temper is, I mean, very short. It's a short fuse. And he would burn <laughs> me up. I can only take so many thrashings from his mouth before I just want to get physical with him you know so like uh uh-uh I would be friends with everyone except for okay I wouldn't be friends with Michael or Brian Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be friends with either one of them but the rest of the crew even Melanie and Lynn I'll be friends with them yeah I feel like I would be friends with Emmett because I'm friends with you and like you said y'all are so similar so I'll be friends with Emmett I also feel like I'd be friends with Justin and with Ted and probably more Melanie Right. Probably less Lindsay. I mean, we'd be cordial. We'd be acquaintances. <laughs> but some of I don't like her, just like looking at personality stuff. It would be more Melanie. And I think that I would get along with Brian, but we wouldn't like hang out one-on-one. True. Okay, yeah. That's what it is. I would, <laughs> he, we could be cordial in the same environment, but yeah. as far as like, uh, am I calling him? Yeah. Telling my tea? No. Now, I would want to be friends with him, but just like right. knowing realistically how we work. And I feel like he's probably a very tough nut to crack yeah. to become his friend anyway. And I feel like if you try too hard, that's the wrong move. And I wouldn't want to try too hard because I don't think you should have to try that hard for friendships. So. It shouldn't. It should come natural. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> so I think realistically speaking, those would, be, yeah. those would be my friends in the group. But then I'd also hang out with Debbie because I always have Ooh, I forgot about her. I always have friends who are like much older than me. Yeah. So I would be friends with Debbie too, probably. True. And, and I'd also, want to be Jennifer's friend. I would work to be her yes, friend. Yes. <laughs> I would work to be Jennifer's friend and Debbie's friend because Debbie is dope as hell for yeah. one. Like I would love to be Debbie's friend. She'd probably be the go-to because I always want a good catty homegirl. Yeah. You know, so, so she would probably be the first one. She'd be the bestie. Then it'd be Emmett. The click would be me, Emmett, and, and Debbie for sure. I can totally Yeah, that would be that. the click. And then we would have our second round of, of friends, which would be Justin, um, my, Justin, um, Ted, Lindsay, and Mel. I think I'll probably go be friend, more friends with Melanie than Lindsay, yeah. like you said, too. But um, yeah, that's that's where I am. All right, well. Good question, guys. Good one. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into episode 506 today. Yeah, we are trucking. Yeah, we're almost at the middle of, uh, I guess, technically, halfway this through this middle. episode yeah. is, mm-hmm. <laughs> is the middle of the season. We start out at Babylon with Ted and Emmett, and we're finding out that Teddy has been very busy with the boys lately. Baby. And this is totally different from the Ted that we met in 101. Mm-hmm. In uh, season one, episode one, he's totally different. But what I love about that is, like we talked about last episode, he pretty much looks the same, but it's the interchange yeah. that has made all the difference. And he feels better about himself and confidence is very attractive. Mm, it super is. <laughs> Which is what Emmett has been saying to him since season one. Exactly. But I'm glad he's finally feeling it. Now that he's feeling it, it's showing. He has like this glow. 
And it, he's like a baby Brian, but uh-huh. it's but the sweet version. But yeah. it's, it's funny to see Ted in this type of uh, interaction with the gang, you know, pointing out who his latest Oh, yeah, that was Monday. Were. That was yeah. Tuesday, yeah. It was so funny. But I'm glad to finally see him winning because this whole entire series, we've always seen Ted, I mean, just fail. Always. Like, he has never, he's always had the short end of the stick. Or any success he's had has been short lived. Very short. I mean, the yeah. whole um the the business with the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it called? Jerk at work. Yeah, yeah. So that he was thriving in that, then ended shortly. I mean, quickly. Just a lot. He had a lot of things go on for him that was negative. So this is a positive, although it is something that's appearance wise. But I don't care. He deserves yeah, it. Like he, does he deserves deserve it. it. Yeah. Does well, Justin and Brian come over, and Emmett takes issue with Brian using a derogatory term against women since they represent half of his fan base, since he's the <laughs> queer guy now. And I'm pretty sure that's a nod to the comments they probably received since half of this show's fan base was women. Mm-hmm. So it's probably just their way of being like, Yeah, we hear what you're saying, we know what you're saying. Brian is looking for his next conquest, and it seems that Ted has already beaten him to everyone there. And I like how Brian is embracing this new Theodore. But he's like, you still have so much to learn. Yeah. <laughs> like, get under Papa's wing. That he teaches yes. him, talks to him like he's a pupil of his, tells me that Brian has a different respect for him now. Absolutely. And he sees him a different way mm-hmm. now. So he's kind of validating what Ted has going on in his own very Brian Kenny way. The other thing that I like about this is even though we know that Ted is a romantic and he's very much a relationship person, we still see that he's a he's very much a youngish sexually active man. Yeah. And, and so he's not going to pass up a good time. No, and I'm glad they're showing this because <laughs> yeah. it's one thing to be a romantic. Like, yes, look for love. If a relationship comes along, grab it. Mm-hmm. But also have your fun. And he never did in the past. Like, he always the one sitting on the sidelines dreaming and wishing. I'll just never forget him waving that little bitty flag. Pride flag. Yeah, yeah. that was so <laughs> funny to me. I mean, it was sad and funny. Yeah. But then two, three seasons later, feeling himself. Like, I mean, this boy, Papa got a brand new bag. He does. Yeah, so... <laughs> I love the dynamic between um, the the differences in Ted's. This one is here. This is the one that should stay. This is the one that needs to stay. (laughs) Yeah. It looks like Brian and Ted have had everyone interesting, but there is a new face on the dance floor, and he's a good-looking blonde man. And the camera zooms in on Brian checking him out. What did you get from Brian's face when he saw this guy on the dance floor? Fresh me. I got to have that one, too. That's what I got. I I wasn't looking like... Oh, he's dropped dead gorgeous. He looks better than Justin to me. Mm-hmm. It was looking like, okay, this is somebody's new, somebody new. Brian has everybody. Actually, Brian owns the club. He's had everybody <laughs> in the club. I mean, he's the king of Babylon for real, for real. For real. Um, but so I think that's what that's what they all did. They can smell him a mile, a mile away because everybody that they run into, they all see him every every single weekend, every single night. So new face, fresh meat. Oh, I'm getting that. I'm <laughs> yeah. hungry. See, we've seen Brian's like predatory grin before. And when I say predatory, I don't mean in the like scummy way of course i mean when he sees a guy and he's on the prowl and he knows he's going to get that guy but that's not really what i saw in this look his mouth kind of twists into a different smile and one that i don't think we've seen before which is quite impressive because gail has been giving us faces for four seasons now and so to still be serving new face at this point and serving new emotions through that face i thought that was pretty impressive he does this this whole entire episode actually yeah i I was gonna say that when we're viewing it he gives, I mean, he he says a lot, but it's more face. But mm-hmm. I'll get you the scene that really got me. Okay, well, we yeah. I think what I picked up was a little bit of like recognizes like mm-hmm. when he was looking at, at this guy on the floor. But maybe I'm reading too far into no, that. No, because I feel like that's the younger version of him. Like, he yeah. could see himself in him. 
10 years prior. They don't look too far in age. I don't know. Right. I don't want to put an age on it, but we'll just say that this guy is 10 years younger. So I think, like you said, likes he's like, yeah. Brian, and Brian can see it like, okay, oh, okay, competition on the Yeah, because I feel like he sees this is going to be a challenge in a few ways. Like, it's going to be a challenge to get this guy, but also I feel like he might be a different kind of challenge, right. too. Yeah. Anyway, Ted tries to go after him, but Brian pulls him back like, this one is mine. <laughs> and Brian takes off after the new hot guy, and Justin is watching him go. Justin doesn't look too... No, nah, his face is certain. Yeah. His face is giving, I'm over He's it. not, yeah, he doesn't look amused or Mm-mm. turned on or anything that we've seen before, how he, he knows, like, that's Brian. And sometimes he's like, oh, yeah, hot guy, go after him. But he doesn't look like that right here. No, he looks like... Okay, I gotta be cool. I'm not gonna clown. I'm not gonna act the fool. Yeah. This is what we do, but I'm over this shit. I feel like he's giving himself a chance to see, okay, how might I feel about this? Right. Like, usually I don't care about this, but today, how do I feel about mm-hmm. this? And so he's kind of giving himself that space to feel to feel whatever he feels in exactly. that in that moment. Yeah, which is a new thing that he's doing. Yeah. Well, the new blind guy goes to the back room and Brian follows him. And then the new guy finds someone he's interested in, but Brian steps in between them. And there are so many like nonverbal alpha cues going back and forth between the two of them, like maintaining eye contact and the way Brian is shifting around him and forcing him to move to face Brian. Mm -hmm. And so we see Brian put one hand up on the wall like he's kind of captured him almost. And then he runs a finger down the guy's torso. And when he makes it to his belt buckle, his hand is stopped and moved away that's the scene I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, just the, it was no words even spoken in this scene. Yeah. But the way the eyes connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian was reading him with his eyes. And I love how, I mean, Brian is talented. I bet he could have undid the buckle <laughs> with the, what, the, just the two with fingers. Yeah, yeah, with the one hand, the two fingers type shit. Because he a master of that. It was just really sexy. It was like, I loved it. <laughs> yeah. And there was clearly a look on the other guy's face that was like, nah, dude, not happening. To me, the other guy's face was playing like, not yet. It was like yeah. hard to get. It was, yeah. yeah, it wasn't like, nah, get up off me. It wasn't like, face. I'm repulsed by you or not interested yeah. in you, but it was. Not so soon, baby. Yeah. You got to work for this. Okay, I'm the <laughs> filet mignon around this month. Yeah. Then the guy walks off and Brian is left shooketh there because <laughs> this does not happen to Brian Kenny. Well, Rage and JT are finally tying the knot in the comic book world, that is. Justin is looking at Rage panels with Ben and Michael at their home, and Ben thinks it's about time those two got married. What do you think about this decision for Rage and JT? I love it. It shows growth. And also, Rage, and we, we know from the fact, from the start, Rage, the comic, it, it shadowed the real life of Michael, the real life of Brian and Justin, you know, those stories. That's how it even came about. So I love that he evolved the characters. Those characters are growing uh, and they're actually getting married. It's funny because that's what Justin has always wanted. So I love that Justin's writing that story, putting it out there, almost trying to manifest it. So, yes, I'm happy that those characters are actually actually doing that. It's sad that I feel like Justin isn't getting what, again, he isn't getting what he he wants. He wants Brian, but he's settling because he knows the type of relationship he has to be in. So I think he's living through rage. He's able to write the fantasy, the story that he actually wants, you know, through the comic. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I don't really mind that they have them getting married. I mean, I could go either way on it. I don't really mind that they're doing it, though, because I think rage has always been bold and daring. And in some ways, marrying the man you love is a very bold and daring move, definitely at that time. So I could go either way on it. But we don't always see Michael and Justin agree on the storyline and the direction for 
for Rage and for the comic. And so it's kind of interesting to me that this is something that they were in agreement on. And I I kind of feel like pre-Hollywood, Justin might not have been okay with this direction for the story, at least on at this point. And so to me, I find it a little interesting that he was okay taking the story in this direction at this point. Um, good. Oh, I'm just saying, like, to me, I didn't, it's not out of context for me. It's not out of no, context. No, I don't think, I don't yeah. think it's out of character yeah, at yeah, all. But it's, at all. I think it's an, in, when I say interesting, I'm like, mm, I want to talk about that more. Right. <laughs> Got you. Um, it's right on right on point. Like, I think even pre-Hollywood, Justin would have written this storyline here because it's something that I feel like he 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 wanted, but he I think he was too afraid to speak on. Uh, Michael always wanted to be married. That was something he wanted the whole family. The, he probably never thought it was going to happen to him, but I feel like he probably dreamed, dreamt his whole his whole life about what his marriage, or what his life would look like, family wise, in a big house, and all of that. I'm pretty sure Justin Justin kind of wants that same type of stability, that same type of relationship. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he can actually do it through the comic book, it, it yeah, works. Yeah, I for feel him. like it, it does make sense. I feel like it's just kind of interesting that he got to that place right now. When while he was in Hollywood, he said, "No, we're saying I don't. We prefer to say I don't." And so that was just him agreeing I'm, with something that he knew that could never happen, which is which is Brian. But then when he got back from Hollywood, Brian was like, "The drawer is still open." So I mean, it changed his mind. You yeah, know, it changed his mind. Like, well, maybe, well, hold up. Well, I mean, like maybe I thought it was never gonna happen, but. This man just clicked the whole drawer for me, and I've been gone for six months. Yeah, maybe I can get married too. If Michael got married, maybe I can too. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, either one. We we would never know. We you know we saying? will never. But this is a conversation that we'll have to continue later. I just kind of want to get your opinion. on Sorry, I'm not on, to be argumentative. I am. No, not. no, no. I didn't find that argumentative at all. It's really good conversation, and I will get lost in yes. it, and that's why we cannot have it right now. <laughs> yeah. No, you are not being argumentative. As Justin is carving out his path and figuring out his life, I think what he does and doesn't want is constantly changing, which makes sense for the stage of life that he's in. But what I think is most important is that he needs to have the option to want and get what he wants and needs at any given time. So right now, I think all of this is fueled not by Justin wanting monogamy, but by his need and desire to feel like he is secure and that his life has some significance. He's not getting that from any other area of his life, so he is looking to his relationship to provide that. I was talking to one of our podcast friends, and what we were saying is that Justin has no control over his professional life right now, so he is hyper-fixating, hyper-focusing on his relationship and what he wants that to look like and what he wants that to give him. But Brian is not willing to provide it in a way that Justin wants him to right now. We know that Justin previously did want to entertain the idea of marriage. I mean, we know that back from season two, but he buried that. And I don't think it was just so that he could be in a relationship with Brian. That's not how I interpret that. I don't think it was like Brian controlling that whole thing there. But seeing Ben and Michael together in Wedded Bliss is uncovering something that Justin has buried. And then the whole world is kind of talking about this issue. So Justin is revisiting his stance on it all. And while this is going on, he is also, once again, at a place where he is craving security. So I think these things that are not necessarily linked together are being linked together in Justin's mind. I don't think Justin came back from Hollywood wanting to be married. I think since being back, Justin has found himself lost, confused, and lacking purpose and direction. And he's been at that place before, and he clings to something sure and certain that he can measure when that happens. I want to be sure to say that I don't think Justin was only regurgitating what Brian told him when he told Brett that they'd prefer to say I don't. I think he did feel that way then. And I think he even felt that way when he got back initially. 
But with everything going on within him and around him right now, he is reconsidering his stance on that, or at least entertaining his right to reconsider his stance. And also, I don't think marriage is the only way to grow or secure a relationship. So I don't subscribe to that and say like, okay, next step for every relationship has to be marriage. I I don't believe that. Neither one of us do. We've talked about that before here on our podcast. This is a cop-out, kind of, but my interpretation on all of this will have to be given later because it seems like this is going to be something that plays out over the course of several episodes, and I can't really try to make sense of it all until I have all of the pieces of the puzzle. But anyway, yeah, so that's kind of, we'll come back to, we'll come back to this. Well, Ben and Michael are having a housewarming party, and Justin would not miss it for the world. Uh, they get an early start warming things up by making out right in front of Justin, and he's looking at them with something that looks a lot like longing, I feel like. Of course, he's not longing for either one of them, but I think there's something about their relationship that he Mm -hmm. does long for, and so more on that later. Well, Hunter makes it home, and he says that he was practicing with his debate partner, and Justin used to use that excuse when he, with his parents when he was out getting stoned. Um... Hunter doesn't appreciate being called out like that. Yeah, not at all. That look, <laughs> it could kill, okay? Yeah. I'm sure Hunter and Justin are kind of too close in age to be friends. And also just the way that they met each other. Yeah. They're probably just like, I'm sure they get along because they're all part of this family, but they are not going to be friends it anytime be soon. true big bro, little brother, okay? Yeah. But that might change with, with time. I don't know. And by the way, Hunter likes the cover of the magazine. So he likes the direction of the story. Just putting that out there. Um. Well, Then we are watching Emmett at the studio. He is helping Wallace embrace his partial baldness in a hair do's and don'ts segment of of the queer guy. Don is loving Emmett's contribution to their ratings as other stations are trying to recreate Emmett's magic. And Don uses a term for a trans person that you do not use. Yeah. Uh, So Don is loving the direction all this is going. Emmett has fans and fan mail. And Don tells him that even people who hate gay people love Emmett. I don't think that's the compliment Don thinks it is. No, it's not. And the actual word he used was fag, which is horrible. Like, Why would you try to give me a compliment using that term? Yeah, you're like the best fag ever. Baby, don't do that. Right, like, no. That's Mm-mm. not cute, okay? I, I see where you're going with that, but baby, you, you failed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, and then it's like, I don't know if I want to be that person. Like, I don't want somebody to tell me. I hate women, but I like you. I'm like, mm, yeah. I don't know if like, no, that's baby. not landing the way you no, think it is. It's not at all, baby. Not, not at all. You missed the mark for sure. Yeah. Well, we see Debbie laid up on the couch. She's not feeling so great. Remember, she's retired. Loretta's gone. So she's just chilling at the house now. Carl is nursing her from her mad cow disease or bird <laughs> flu or whatever. <laughs> whatever it yeah. is. Okay. Uh, he's worried, but she tells him to run along to work because there is nothing that he can do. And we see Emmett passing out flyers for his public appearance. He's going to be at some outing or whatever where his fans could come over at Hoffman's, I think they were saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's really feeling himself as he's doing this. He's having all this success and people love him, like gay, straight, whatever, undecided. And Ted is there pumping some iron at the gym. And a guy walks by. Ted recognizes him. And I do, too. Yep, <laughs> From, I do, three. Yeah. Pride 2002. They had a great night together. And then he told Ted that every year he finds some loser guy. And then he gives them a break. He gives them himself. It's his way of giving back to the community. Oh, Lord. Yeah. And that was such a humiliating thing for Ted. Because back then, remember, he was so, like, wide-eyed mm-hmm. anytime anybody looked his way. And so he was really hopeful about this guy. And... Yeah. Straight douche. Yeah. Emmett tells him to let it go, uh, but that is easier said than done. 
Especially when you have an option to get even. Yeah. <laughs> I low-key felt all of that. Like, I want, I, normally I'm like, no, don't do it. You better than, no, Ted, go for it. <laughs> Drag his ass, okay? He is scum. Did give it back to him. Like, I was like, yes. I mean, I don't know. I'm choosing violence today. Yeah. Yeah, I knew today. you were. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it in your eyes. Yes, girl. Feeling it, <laughs> yeah. okay? We see Ben on his way to Hunter's debate tournament or match or whatever. When I did debate, it was nothing like it is in the shows and movies. But anyway, Ben runs into Callie outside of the school and she tells him that there is no debate happening and that Hunter hasn't been at school in a few days. Well, that is news to to Ben. Where is your little ass at? <laughs> and also, like, if, if you haven't been in school a few days... Why the school hasn't called the parents? Yeah. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, That's what like, I want to know. And I'm like, okay, now you're really telling me you don't care about my son. If you're not even going to report to me that he hadn't been in school in a Exactly. Days. Yeah. Like, how do you not know your students are missing? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's possible that he, maybe he gave them some kind of note. No. I, I mean. Say, I had a friend who affords my mom a signature when we were in school. We had that same friend. <laughs> Okay. And yeah. I finally just told my mama that that friend used to do that. Yeah, you know I saying? did the same thing last year. I told my mama. Yeah. I told mine just a few weeks ago, the three of us were on the three-way together, girl. And she was like, what? I was like, yeah, girl, we kind of did that. Yeah, I um, mean, I never use it to skip school, but. No, nah, but she she hit my band little. Um, oh, yeah? She hit my little band little thing because I couldn't carry that trombone. But anyway, anyway, the, the school is trash. Okay, yeah, they the fact, really are. The fact that you, you already held, know that yeah. this kid has something going on because this is after y'all had that meeting. This is after all his business yep. has been announced. So you already know you should be looking at out this for this At this point, you this should be kid. having a closer eye on right. this kid. Yeah. He should be, the Keeping counselor should know him. Parents. Yeah. yeah. He should be well connected in the office. Y'all should be hovering over him, making sure his safety is good, making sure his mental is right. I mean, come on now. Crazy, but he's able to miss. She said he ain't been in school all week. That's mm-hmm. what Callie said. So that's five days the boy haven't been there. So like, what's up? What's going on? Yeah. It makes no sense. That's exactly how I feel about that. Yeah. We see Emmett at Hoffman's, and he has a long line of admirers. Lots long. Of, yeah, lots of women there with their husbands. And Emmett says that he loves keeping the heteros horny. Um, Lindsay and Ted are there to support him. Even Brian came by. He says he needed socks. But also, <laughs> he says it's an honor to count among their close personal friends, television's gay eunuch, as in a non-sexual, non-threatening person. And Brian says that Emmett does pays homage to a long and illustrious line of lovable, laughable clowns who have come before him. Okay. This is the issue I have. I feel, I, I mean, again, I see where he's going with that. But, bro, this is a friend of yours who is doing something positive, who's actually being successful as a gay man on TV. He's not hurting anyone. He's actually making people's lives happy. Why bring it down? You and Lindsay are best friends. If you have something to say, chop it out with her. Don't come here and rain on my parade. This is why I say me and Brian can never be friends. <laughs> the fact that you're sitting in my area, I'm here having my event, and you're here, and you bring in all this negativity. Emmett still stayed very calm and collected in his responses back to Brian. And I was just like, I don't know if I could have done that. I could never be his friend. Like, that's... <laughs> I understand what you're saying because Brian has some good points. And, yeah, and, uh, he's right. What yeah, he's saying he, yeah, is right. He yeah. has some really good points, but your delivery on it. And if you have something to say, I'm a strong believer of if you're going to critique, then I need some suggestions too of how to fix. Don't just bring me the problem, bring me a solution as well. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't bring no solutions. You said some, some mean, horrible shit, and then you said, oh, okay, well, good luck. No, you know how to run through these circles. You show me. 
I yeah. don't know. I just uh, Brian's ugh. <laughs> okay, we're gonna we're gonna disagree quite a bit Girl. this episode, but it's good. I don't disagree with. I don't think he should have told him right here at the place. No, like, don't he spoil have. my mood while I'm trying to, you know, put my face on for these people. But I think it was more about he's always going to hold Emmett to being true to Emmett, and this is not true to Emmett. I feel like being fun. There is a side of Emmett that is very fun and, and wants to do exactly what he's doing here, like spreading his fairy magic. But Emmett is always about his flame burning bright. If they're trying to diminish your flame in any way. Brian's going to hold him to that. There Go are ahead. multiple levels of flame. <laughs> there okay? are. There are multiple you levels of yeah, flame. you're right. And that doesn't mean that he always has to be busting it open right. for somebody. No. I, I feel like Emmett Flame is still burning bright. He is still educating. He's still getting to do gay things. He's still getting to be him. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of gay people, and me included, where I feel like I couldn't even smack my lips that I love to do. I couldn't even do my little hair flip that I love to do. You yeah. know, I had to change my voice and try to make it deeper. Lord knows I don't have a deep voice. <laughs> but uh, I used to have to do things like that, just try to fit in. Right. Emmett never once had to do any of that to fit in. He could be himself. He could wear the pink. He could he yeah. could tell people. His, I feel like his flame was still burning, okay? It might not have been like on 20, right. but it was on a good 15. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was simmering. You know, It was over there looking nice. Yeah, and and I do agree with that. And I do think that he is still being true to Emmett, but it's like, they like you, but they don't like anything about what it actually means to be gay. They like you doing things that for them that helps them as heteros, but True. they don't care anything about the fact that you're homosexual. It's like, or it's like culture vultures. I get yes, it. Yes, like, yes, it's that. It's the whole minstrel show, the blackface yeah. thing. It's it's that part of it. Yes. And so I get exactly what you're saying. Yes, I get what you're saying. It's not. They don't really give a damn about whatever it is, but he needs to use this platform, whatever platform it is. You know what I'm saying to get some type of awareness out. It's a give and take. Okay, they're giving you a platform for a demographic that that's never that's never being heard ever. Mm-hmm. Now you can use this to get our faces, to get our stories out there, to make the public more comfortable because it's getting these motherfuckers comfortable. Although we right. all been here, we've been here for forever and a day, but we have to make the straight, the hetero world more comfortable with us. And this is how we do it. It's an introduction. I don't think we can't. You can't give somebody something too quickly. I mean, I get what Brian is saying. Yes, they don't give a damn about you. You shucking and jiving over yeah. here. I, I get that. But there's a reason to be shucking and jiving. But I feel like this is, and I don't land fully on Brian's side with this. I'm more, if there is a spectrum and there is what you're saying and there's what Brian's saying, I'm more towards Brian's side of the middle, mm-hmm. but I am somewhere in the middle. Okay, <laughs> so, well, yeah. I mean, so we're we in the middle together. Personally, that's where I'm at because I do get that argument, but I also get the argument of, no, I'm going to be 100% of who I am. Now, with that, you also. It's kind of like a whole, you got to figure out the right way to function in that environment. Right. You know, and it's almost like there's Will and Grace and there's Queer as Folk. They're, those are both shows about gay people, but they're written with different audiences in mind. Yeah. One is written for a straight person. One is written for gay people. Right. Straight people love it, though. It's two different packages. And so Will and Grace is the show that you can you can show to people and they'll be like, oh, how fun, how funny. Mm-hmm. Look at this campy guy and, you know, this right. kind of thing. But Queer as Folk, you're not going to get that same reaction. And I think that there's, a reason for both of those to exist. And so I think what Brian is telling Emmett is like, you're more queer as folk. Than, yeah, than yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're giving Will and Grace, but I know that you are you are queer as folk. I love that. Good one. <laughs> okay, you may have won this battle. You know what I'm saying? But the war is not over. Okay. The war is not over. Yeah, but I do get what you're saying yes. too because he is still being, these, these are all things that Emmett would do and this is all advice that he would give. Right. So he is... It's a tricky one. No, no, but I mean, 
we're both right. Okay? We're both yes, right. We're both right. And yes. we, we, we both can agree that we're somewhere in the middle. Like, yes. Yeah. What Brian said was right. I just don't, I don't ever like his delivery. I yeah. Just, I just never like his delivery, ever. So I'm, I, I, I get, I get mm-hmm. that. But I, I do think that even Brian could understand you have to give things, like what you were saying, in a, you have to give it to them in a size they can swallow. Yeah, exactly. You know? And so they might not be able to take the full force of it. That part, because, you know, <laughs> Brian does too much. Like, he don't know what rations is. Like, <laughs> He's going to give you the whole piece. Yeah. So it was very direct from Brian, but we know not to expect anything less from him, <laughs> um, especially when he feels like somebody is settling or pretending or something like that. Like mm-hmm. he's, yeah, he's going to be pretty direct with that. <laughs> but I, when you look at Ted and Lindsay, I think they probably feel like us. They can see that there might be some truth to what he is saying, but at the same time, we're not going to just like rain mm-hmm. on Emmett's parade here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're there to just support him. They're not going to put their personal True. opinions in on it. Well, y'all, let's just take a minute right now since we on Emmett. Let's clap him up because everything Emmett has done has turned to go. He went from Torso yeah, to his own business, you know, with his cooking and uh, party, party planning and things like that. And now he's on TV. So we're going to clap it up for Mr. Honeycut because <laughs> I, I'm proud of you, baby. I, I, I love you to death, okay? I do love him and Honeycut. yeah. And um, Peter Page, you can call me too, baby. <laughs> just call me. You talk, whatever you need. Hit me up. Well, Emmett doesn't take very well to this, and I wouldn't expect him to. He's caught off guard at this thing, you know, and Brian places a placating hand on his shoulder, and one of the ladies knocks it <laughs> off, and Brian gets a flashback. because He's dealing with his own stuff, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. One little touch of the hand sent him into a little flashback a spiral, shock. Yeah, yeah like, like, that, like, really, that really stuck with him. <laughs> yeah. Michael and Ben are home preparing some lanterns for their housewarming party. At first, I thought those were goodie bags. And I was like, I thought they why were good. are I they like putting they them in that paper bag? Yeah, I was like, they give them goodie bags out in yeah. paper sacks? I was like, is that what I'm supposed to be doing as an adult? Because yes. <laughs> I was like, I must have missed this. Like, I don't get it. Like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. What was it that? really then, wasn't yeah. until later when we yes. see what they actually are. But yeah. I, this whole time, I thought they were giving, like, party favor bags. Yeah, I was like, okay. And, and, little, and why are they putting them in together lunch bags? Yeah, yeah, outside in a little lunch bag. Like, that's what you get your kid on the picnic when they go to school But they're on a budget. Lunch. You know, they got this new mortgage, True. so. Well, and they, they really did the works to this house. Oh, like, yeah, the house, the house is, house is beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Now we would move in. Yes, I would, okay? <laughs> you can't show me nothing like that in the beginning. Because right. you just can't. I, I need to see it finished out. And it out. sticks in my mind, so that's my other issue. It's, yeah. Like, I always remember what it did look like. Exactly. I like, renovated uh, my house a couple of years ago, and I like there was still one room I would never go in because I remember what it looked like. <laughs> yeah, before. like I just I have to hold my breath when I go into areas. Would, like, I don't yeah. even want to inhale the air. Uh-huh. Like, Lord have mercy. Yeah, we weird. Okay, we are very weird <laughs> and very off topic. <laughs> yeah. Keep going. We're ready. Okay, they are talking about Hunter and lying about school, and Ben tells Michael to keep his emotions in check when Hunter gets there before they talk to him. And I guess he forgot who he married. That part, okay. <laughs> we also find out here that Ben comes from a long line of repressed alcoholics, and a lot of things make sense to me now. It does, but uh, Mike would have to shade him like that. He really did. I was like, see, I don't <laughs> trust you. I, I'm, I'm confiding you in my personal shit, and you're going to use it against me in a fight? Like, like that's not what we're going to do. It was cute, though. Michael immediately confronts Hunter, when, uh, which does not go over super well. He didn't immediately confront him. Hunter came home and was like, yeah, Hunter came with the lies. Oh, well, today <laughs> we studied about, and he was like, the topic was, and Michael hit him right over the head. Uh, what did he say? Uh, yeah. Secrets and lies? <laughs> Loved it. Like, I was, Michael, get his ass. For once, I'm teamed up with Michael. Get him. <laughs> yeah. Hunter's upset, and he wants to be left alone, but they want to help him. And Hunter tells him that it hasn't been just a couple of tough weeks. It's been a few tough years. And 
I think now he's being confronted by all of it. Before he was so in survival mode that you don't really think about all the stuff that's been going on. You're just living today and then hope maybe tomorrow. You don't really know. But now he has time to kind of think about everything that has been going on and everything that he's had to go through. And he doesn't want to go back to school. Once again, he's changed his mind on that because at first he was like, they're not going to run me off. But I kind of get why he's changed his mind. Yeah. Because they're not going to change. Like, they're not going to change their opinion of me. They're not learning any lessons by me being brave and showing up there. And even Callie's being kind of shy or whatever she's doing. <laughs> That's how you roll your eyes. Yeah, girl. That's fine. Uh, but going to that school every day and trying to fortify yourself and trying to block out all that stuff, that takes a lot of energy. Yeah, I mean, and, you have to be a strong, strong person. Mm-hmm. And, there, even, and usually you want there to be a purpose to it. Yeah. And, like, and for, him, not, he's not for him, he doesn't anybody. feel, yeah, yeah, for him, he doesn't feel like there's a purpose to it. It's not. It's just bringing him down constantly each yeah. and every day. And it's probably hard for him just to wake up to knowing that he's going to go to get bullied. Right. You know, or get eyes on him. That it shouldn't have to be on a normal kid. Yeah. And I, I kind of feel like it is good for him to focus less on what other people need to know or learn and to focus more on what he needs right now. Right. And maybe that's not public school. And I get that. True. I mean, there's many options that they could focus on. I wish they would have, um, in this scene, they would have dove a little deeper into it because the fact that he's telling y'all that it's been, it's not just a few weeks, it's been a few years, he's finally opening up to you guys. This mm-hmm. is your time to really find out what's really going on to dig deep. And we just kept it surface in this mm-hmm. scene, you know? I, I, mean, I don't know, like, we don't know what happened you know, the rest of the day. Right. But I'm imagining that they continue to do what they did, and he said what he said, and oh, go upstairs. Well, they're and we'll still call moving you. forward with their party. Yeah. They got to get those goodie bags. Exactly. Packed. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. that was that was a moment that they missed as parents, you yeah. know. And no parent is perfect, right? But um, and a lot of times those moments you don't know what to do until the moment has passed. Yeah, so. true, true. But that was one of those moments they really really got into to know him inside of his head because I mean we always see Hunter play tough and, and like very strong, and which for the most part he is. He had to mm-hmm, be, yeah, but. He's letting his guard down. He's showing that he's weak and he's vulnerable right now and that he he needs somebody and he's sad and he's going through it. My my mind is going through this boy is like damn near suicidal now. That's where I'm at with it. Like we really need to keep close eyes on him. Like I hope that's not the case. Y'all know more than I do, because y'all know I don't. But I hope that's not the case because I really have grown to like him. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, yeah. He's, he's a good kid. He is a good kid. And he's feeling very judged right now. And like no one, not even these two men who have taken him in really understand what he's dealing with. Mm-hmm. Michael doesn't. And Ben, even though Ben has HIV, Ben is a whole different situation. Ben was an adult. He was in a committed relationship. The partner just cheated. This is a whole different situation. And it's like, you might have to disclose your status for one reason or another, Ben, but it wasn't, that option wasn't taken from you in this kind of setting. Correct. And yeah. So yeah, he just doesn't feel like anybody is understanding well, Brian and Justin are at Woody's, and Justin is trying to pick out a real housewarming gift for Michael and Ben. <laughs> well, Justin is trying. Brian is threatening arson. Though that hands-free toilet was ahead of its time. <laughs> it was. I was thinking, didn't they have that? Yeah. yeah. I was like, wow. For some reason, I thought that was like a 2018 I know. I was trying to remember, like, when did those? Yeah. I don't know. I should have looked it up. Yeah. But it, I do feel like it was ahead of its time. And it was cheap, too. Yeah, $300. Yeah, that's a normal toilet. Yeah, I should have got that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brian is in a little mood. Um, they are having a very brightened tiff, the two of them. And Brian clearly wants to talk about what's going on with him, but he doesn't want to say it. And Justin is willing to listen, but he's only going to give you like one chance to tell him because he sure is not as big of a deal as Brian is making it out to be because right. he knows Brian is dramatic sometimes. <laughs> well, the guy from Babylon walks in and Brian doesn't look too happy about that development. 
And he tells Justin that he, Brian tells Justin that he wouldn't understand. And Justin has the receipts and his SAT scores. Yes, come <laughs> He's through. A, try me. <laughs> yeah. He is very Ivy League. Well, then Brian says he's too young, but Justin isn't buying that either. And he's also getting a little annoyed at this point, especially when he finds out that this is about the hot guy Brian followed into the back room. Yeah. Brian finally tells him what happened, but he can't quite get the words out. But luckily, Justin, having read the Brian Kenny operating (laughs) manual, he does understand the hand gesture that uh, Brian got the old brush off is what happened. Uh, Justin doesn't think it's that big of a deal. And he tells Brian, well, you're still the hottest guy in Pittsburgh. And I don't think he immediately gets why this is bothering Brian, though. And he wants to get back to picking a gift. Well, like a normal person, it wouldn't be a big deal. People get blown off all the time. Yeah, okay? but I think it's more important to people who put more weight and stock in that. Yeah. Justin doesn't put a lot of weight and stock in that yeah. kind of thing. But we know that Brian does. Exactly. So I don't think Brian, I mean, Justin in this moment is probably thinking, oh, Brian is Brian. Like, you, boy, you're going to get anybody. Yeah, you know? because he's, he's like, even, yeah, you're yeah. So, so hot. Like, exactly. Like, like so like even said. though he says it in a like, oh, whatever way, he, he really means it. Means it. Yeah, yeah, he mm-hmm. means it for sure. But yeah, so he's not worried about it. But he never really looked up to really see Brian's face either because mm-hmm. he's right. busy. Yeah. So if he could, if he would have, if they were looking at each other, he could see that it was something that was exactly. important. I think that's a big issue. They're not really looking each other in the eye yeah. right now on their issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, to see what's really going on in either person or acknowledge what's going on in either person. Well, it's just funny to see. This scene is really funny to me because we're, we're it's talking about Brian trying to go get turned down by a new little fling when his man is sitting right next to him. But your man is trying to do something for your best friend and his husband, family-wise, into a gift. It just shows the dynamic where they are right. now. Right, they're not aligned right now. Yeah, they're they're on the same page. They're clearly not aligned right now. Yeah, because this is going to be like their little. They're not going to call it this, but this is their couple gift from <laughs> from the two of them is what they're trying to pick out. Yeah. Well, Brian is not going to their effing party because he's going to an effing party. I love it. That's the best <laughs> line ever. Okay. Yeah. I think it's as simple as that. Brian wants to go to a party where he will actually have some fun. And another part of Brian probably needs the ego boost after what happened in the in the back room that night. Exactly. Um, he, well, he probably needs something because uh, you think that was the first time Brian has ever been turned down? It wasn't like, oh, I got a call. I got to get out. It was like, get your hands off. Me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think Brian has ever been turned down? I don't think so. Another, I'm sure there have been like one who got away type deals, but I don't think that he's ever been reject it like that because he wasn't just turned down he was rejected it right. was like take your hand off me <laughs> yeah he was like yeah nah whether he meant for now or for forever yeah, it was but no no yeah not right now anyway like yeah. no nope. <laughs> remove it off with it <laughs> okay yeah we see debbie struggling to make her way downstairs and she finds Carl in the kitchen taking it like a man from Emmett. Girl, Emmett was giving it to him too, wasn't he? He was. And even though Carl is bent over the table with Emmett working furiously behind him, it's not what it looks like. He is doing some home waxing. Girl. (laughs) But I I love that scene. When um, Carl was on that moaning, I was like, what's going on? (laughs) I was like, ooh, not in the house with Debbie. (laughs) Yeah. Carl says he is out. He's done. And Emmett offers to give Debbie a landing strip, but she would prefer to keep the entire airport, she says. That was hilarious. Uh, Debbie's new doctor says that she is dying of perfect health, that is. She's got a fake fever that only ice cream can cure right now. Uh, Emmett asks her if she finds him physically attractive and sexy, and she says she does. Well, he's still thinking about what Brian 
said about him being non-threatening and non-sexual and how he comes across to an audience. Well, Emmett is very sexual, like the Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Um, but Debbie tells him that most viewers probably don't want to hear about gay men having sex. It makes people uncomfortable. And Debbie is basically saying what Brian said, but she's saying it in a way that it's a lot easier to swallow, a lot easier to take. Yeah. And I think Emmett probably already knew some of this, but it was like, he's having fun. He's enjoying himself. He's doing this great thing. And so he didn't think about all that. Right. True. Well, after his conversation with Debbie, he thinks that it's time people got over their discomfort. I mean, it is time people get over over their discomfort, but you can't force something onto somebody when they're not ready. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's the issue. If you're trying to shove it down my throat when I didn't ask for it, I mean, I probably don't want it. I mean, ugh, it's just yeah, a tricky situation. I, I know what he wants to do because his thing is like he doesn't want you to make a joke out of his sexuality. Yes. It's like, no, I'm this way because I'm Emmett and I happen yes. to be gay. Like mm-hmm. I'm a man who happens to be gay and this is who I am. But this is nothing for you to joke about or, you know, this isn't my party trick me True. doing this. And so I think what he's realizing is I don't want to be seen as that. Exactly, and, which is yeah. understandable. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I, I understand it for sure. Yeah. For sure. I just don't want him to squander this opportunity. <laughs> 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 yeah. Because you will be able to spoon feed these Yeah, people. maybe before yeah. You, before they know it, they're yes. hearing about all this stuff. But you slowly let you slowly yeah. built up to that. Maybe. Exactly. Yeah. Well, back at the gym, Mr. Pity Pride Prick or Troy is his name, is there and he doesn't really remember Ted, but he is checking him out. And Troy asks if uh, after some squatting where Ted is not really squatting much weight, you pointed out. Girl. <laughs> now, he ain't even squatting, really. Yeah, I know. He's like barely going down. Yeah. You barely been in your knees. Yeah, he needed a spot for that. Yeah. But anyway, Troy asks him if he wants to hook up. And Ted says, uh, sure. I wish it was that easy for real. <laughs> hey, can I have a spot? Sure. Want to hook up? Sure. Sure. Done. Yeah, like, I mean... <laughs> Well, You're well, going to the wrong gym. That part, it never works <laughs> like that, okay? Yeah, you got to pick the right the right place. Mm-mm. What do they work out at? Oh, well, them? Yeah. It's called like Ripped Fitness or something like that. Yeah, R.I.P. Like apostrophe T. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ripped. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a dope little gym. <laughs> yeah. But Troy is hot, girl. He is. He is still hot. Or mm-hmm. like, God, I mean, I mean he, seem like it's been years. I mean, he's awful, but yes. still. But, oh, he, look, mm, 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 he looks delish. Yeah. Go ahead, Ted. I'm proud of you, baby. We see Brian meeting with a client at a restaurant, and she's telling him that uh, once a woman reaches 35, she becomes invisible to most men. And Brian guesses that, okay, so you're wanting to make these women visible again, or at least make them think they can be. And this is all very close to home for Brian because he's around like 34, I think, at this point. And someone just made him feel like a non-factor in his own club. So, (laughs) yeah. The client is selling an anti-aging cream, and they need a great campaign and product name. As she is telling Brian that men are so lucky they don't have to worry about such things, Brian sees the hot new Babylon guy over her shoulder, (laughs) and he tells his client not to be so sure. And then he gives her a product name, Visible, and I like it. Dope. (laughs) Yeah. Then the guy walks by Brian to go to the restroom, and Brian follows. Distracted. Yeah. There is so much. (laughs) Distracted. Yeah. You're so proud of yourself. Yes. <laughs> uh, there's lots of posturing happening in this bathroom and lots of product in the guy's hair. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But you can see how they're making eye contact and the guy never drops his eyes to check Brian out 
or to give him a subtle gesture of interest. He's like meeting him right in the eyeball. Equal. It's like two alphas. Yeah. You know, that stare down, like, this is my pride. No, this is my pride. Crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, Brian was sizing him up, though. He mm-hmm. got on one side of him, walked around him like, yo, okay, I'm going to size him up right quick. Yeah, kind of like stalking yeah. his prey, but this guy made it clear, like, no, nah, I'm not necessarily going to be your yeah, prey. Yeah, but I'm not the prey, okay? <laughs> yeah. We're going to fight for this throne. Yeah, and I think at this point, it's about something else for Brian. Like, there's a little bit more to it, mm-hmm. where this is, like we've been saying, this is a challenge on a different level. And oh, you're threatening me in a different way true. kind of thing. And everybody likes to challenge. Brian would have been done. He would have smashed him and would have been done with him. Don't call me. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. The fact that this guy has made Brian chase for him. Like, I mean, Brian is enjoying this chase. Mm -hmm. Everybody likes to look cat and mouse. Yeah. Debbie, Melanie, and Jr. are at the diner. And Jr. is telling her grandmother that her butthole parents finally got themselves together and worked it all out. She whispered it. Yeah. Debbie has been to five doctors and none of them can figure out what is wrong with her. Well, at the diner, Loretta's gone now, so they're down a server. Right. Kiki is struggling on her oh, own at the diner. Struggle bus. And before she loses it, Debbie hops up and saves the day. She immediately jumps in, knows where everything goes, you know, figures it right out. It was good seeing her in action. We yeah. haven't seen Debbie move like this in a long time. <laughs> I know. Well, Melanie finally has a diagnosis for her. It's BFM, and it sounds very serious. Very serious. And it's called what? Bored at your fucking mind. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bored out of your fucking mind. But I know, I understand. Don't you hate when you go on vacation? Like, you can't wait to get on vacation. Uh-huh. You hated your job. But then, like, the third day in, you're like, okay, what what, what, am, what am I supposed to do yeah. now? You know, like, <laughs> what do I do? You can't wait to get back to fucking work. And, mm-hmm. you, and you've been complaining the whole year about this one yeah, vacation. Yeah, or just to some kind of something. Like, yeah. I remember at the start of quarantine, I was on my own. And I was working remotely. and But I, you couldn't go anywhere. And so I'm just, like, sitting there at the house all the time. <laughs> And so I started having, like, dance parties for, for one. Yes, that part. Uh-huh. <laughs> but just, like, anything, because I was starting to feel like I was depressed. Yeah. But it was really, like, I was just bored is what it was. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what she's going mm-hmm. through. And you know what? You actually said, I think it was the first, the very first scene with her and Carl. And she was like, I don't know what's wrong. And then you were like, she's bored, I bet. Yeah, for <laughs> real. So, yeah, so mm-hmm. you called it way before we got here. Well, Emmett is back at uh, doing his segment for a queer guy, and he has some advice for the boys. He tosses out these shapeless boxers and shows a pair of skimpy briefs. Are these briefs? Is that what we would Those call these? Those are briefs. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, they are from Emmett's private collection, and they are meant to set off your nice, tight assets. assets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Emmett points out the pouch in the crotch by using his knuckles. Yes. <laughs> and he gives some padding tips, but he doesn't need them because... His cup is filled to the rim, ah! which leads us to another topic, which we are not going to cover tonight. He yes. says. Yeah. The energy got real uncomfortable Baby, in the studio. <laughs> you could cut it. You could cut it with a knife. After his brief report. Yeah. Yeah. It got real uncomfortable. Very. Uh, Don storms over to confront him and Emmett tells him that he was going for sexy, you know, not just something fun and light. He was going for something sexy. Well, the network didn't order sexy, not when it's about gay sex is what he is telling him. And he tells Emmett that he will need unemployment insurance if he ever shows them his shorts again. And I'm like, it's just underwear. I'm pretty sure nearly everyone here in the studio has on some. Exactly. (laughs) He's just telling you a better pair to wear. That part. And Don says that they don't want to know about Emmett's assets or his cup filling junk or that he (laughs) engages in some male-on-male lay-down move-around on occasion. And if he wants to keep his job, he has to stick to cooking flowers and turning straight men into metrosexuals. 
and leave his sex life off screen. See, that's where we had we would have had issues. Like, this is where I can agree with Brian. Okay, mm-hmm. like I can agree with Brian on this note. Like, Emmett tried to do something fun, and then it I was mean, still fun. Yeah, it, was it was still lighthearted. It fun. was. It was. It funny. was suggestive, yeah. but it was still fun. And it's the truth, though. Mm-hmm. No one wants any droopy draws, right? You know what I'm saying you want to be sexy for your for your partner. Period. Male, mm-hmm. straight, gay. I mean, it does. Oh, I mean, male, straight. But I mean, yeah, gay, straight, mean. whatever. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. You still want to be somewhat attractive for your partner with your undies. You know, I don't. I don't see the harm in it. Emmett didn't go like he could have went way worse, but right. he, he didn't. This man dragged him and the whole culture. Mm-hmm. You know, no, we want to keep keep it cute. Yeah, you can't be too real. We don't. Your only purpose yes. here is to entertain the metrosexuals yeah. and the women. Like, yeah, yeah, no, no, that's not what my job is here. My job is to keep it one hundred and real for you. Yeah, you hired me to come be yes. me. I'm your queer guy. Yeah, so that's what I'm doing. I'm giving you queer shit that queer people do. <laughs> right. Period. I think that Emmett would have been fine um, doing the fun segments, but he's like, if you can't embrace all of what it means for me to be a gay man, then you really have no interest in me. Period. Period. Yeah. yeah. No, for real. So, yeah. Seriously. If you want a clown, a performance, or something that makes you laugh, you you can go get that from somebody else. But I don't think our Emmett is going to be happy giving that no, he's week not. after week. And um, Emmett stood up for himself in that moment, too. So I love that he stood up to his boss, because that's a lot. But mm-hmm. we also know in the past that Emmett is always going to stand up for what he believes is right. So I'm glad that he actually stood up for himself. And they also don't know who they mess with because Emmett will. I mean, he will try you again yeah. and you go ahead and fire him. <laughs> he going to bounce back. He's like a cat. Yeah. He's going to land on his feet. Yeah, I feel like a part of him, he wanted to do this. He 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 felt very strongly convicted to do this. But I think he's like, well, crap, did I mess up my right. <laughs> spot? Well, anyway, Brian and Justin arrive at the housewarming party. And I wonder how much like arm twisting was involved in that. To get, I think, but I think really after a while, Justin was like, "Whatever, come or don't come." Yeah, if you go, but he was saying like, "Hey, this is your best friend that we're doing this for. Why wouldn't you go to that?" Mm -hmm. But he knows when Brian gets in one of his moves, ain't no nothing. Yeah, leave that how it is. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Justin tells Brian that he can spare an hour, but Brian doesn't want to come late to his sex party because (laughs) yeah, Mm. (laughs) yeah. Michael opens the door, glad Brian could come, and Brian says it's all he's been living for. (laughs) <laughs> well, Justin picked the gift this time, so that's probably a good thing. And here, Thank God. in this scene, Michael makes a joke about it, which probably is what he would have done had he not been trying to do whatever he was doing at that dinner party. Yeah, so. well, he was embarrassed. He wanted to fit in. You know, yeah. Michael wanted to fit in with Monty and Eli. Elante. Uh, yeah, Elante. Oh, okay. That's real bougie. <laughs> but yes, he wanted to fit in with them. I think Brian... Well, you should, for one, you can't be embarrassed of Brian because Brian is, he's always going to give you Brian. Like, he's not mm-hmm. going to give you anything else. He's not going to, I don't even think he even gave you anything different when him and Lindsay went to go get the baby into school. Yeah, no, he like, was still being like Brian, Brian. Exactly. So, you know exactly what you're getting bringing Brian to your event. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you shouldn't have been embarrassed. You should have embraced it. If your friends didn't, your new friends didn't embrace it, I mean, that's shame on them, mm-hmm. period. Um, so yes, I'm glad that he was able to make a joke about it because I mean, Brian is always going to be Brian, mm-hmm. period. He's not going to change for anybody else. Well, speaking of Elanti, they are there. Girl. Of course they are. Ben has his camcorder. This is pre-iPhone days. Uh. And Debbie leaves a very sweet message for posterity on the camera there. Melanie and JR show up and Michael greets her saying, we're still a family, aren't we? No. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, we just cost us thousands of dollars of lawyers. <laughs> no. Real? You going to pay half that? Because you didn't have to do that. If you pay half this bill, yeah, then we're family. Yes. But right, right now you just the father of this baby. Yeah, but she smiles and allows Michael to show off the baby because this is what happens in families. You know, you have these big falling outs, but at the end of the day, you love each other. 
she's very forgiving, I, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know if that would have been me. I don't yeah. think I got it in me just yet. It's too no, soon. Yeah, it's too soon. Too soon. It's way too soon. Well, Ted and Emmett are coming downstairs from their tour, I guess. And Ted is telling Emmett about his plans for Troy, how he is going to give him the... The fucking? Of his life. Yes. And then he's going to give him the mind... Fucking. Of his life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. He has revenge on his mind, Ted yes. does. They run into Brian, and Brian tells Emmett that he saw his underpants on the TV the other night. And that tells me that Brian does watch and support what Emmett is doing. But it also tells me that Brian's kind of like, yeah, I told you so. I wonder how that went over. Well, Emmett straight up lies and says that his producer enjoyed it and thought it was about time they saw gay people as full sexualized human beings, not just stereotypic eunuchs and clowns. I don't think Brian believes that for one second. I mean, he didn't even sound believable <laughs> saying it. Like, yeah. No one oh, believes that. Oh, yeah, that. they loved it. They, yeah, that yeah. was great. <laughs> yeah. No one believed that. Mm-hmm. Okay, all of them eye blinking you did, too. Like, nobody believed that. Yeah. Well, Lindsay is at the party, and she carefully approaches Melanie. And this all reminds them of their housewarming party. And they share a memory and a laugh about um, how their housewarming party went. Ben and Michael are giving a toast and they are celebrating the housewarming and that Rage and JT are married and they have copies of the new comic book that they're passing out to everyone. Alanti might start reading it now because uh, the su- this superhero has settled down, <laughs> but they immediately want to know when they will start raising a super family. And Michael says, well, that's next. Well, Michael comes over to ask Brian if he likes the new issue. Now, Brian's been holding the new issue for like a second. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, How would I know? Yeah. Well, Brian says that it reminds him of a piece that he saw at the doctor's office as a kid. It was a little boy and a little girl dressed as a bride and groom with a little puppy tugging at the bridal gown. And then the nurse came in and stabbed him in the finger for blood. (laughs) (laughs) And Michael finishes it with, and you've had an aversion to marriage ever since. Well, Michael doesn't like Brian's response. And he thinks that it's a good story. And just because it doesn't agree with Brian's anti-family values, there's no reason to dump on it. And Brian says, okay, and drops his copy and leaves. There are a couple different things going on in this. So you can tell me, uh, like, tell me what you think. I mean, nothing. I, don't, I mean, again, I just think that was really shitty because if you, if you, in this scene, you can see Justin in the back kind of like eavesdropping. Yeah, listening, he's looking over in. here. Yeah. So he's, he's over here in the conversation and he's still not getting what he wants to hear. Like, even through the comic book, he can't even get Brian to like be happy about the marriage or anything like that relationship wise. So, I think there's, again, like a slap to his face. Also, the way Brian just drops their work of art. This is their work. This is something they they work hard on day in and day out. It's their passion. The way you just drop it down and throw it down, and you're always making jokes. It's almost like, can you take something serious for once? This is something that your best friend and your boyfriend were passionate about, and it's something serious. Can you please just take it serious for once? But he doesn't. It has to be frustrating. I'll be frustrated. I think that there could have been a better way to handle this but i think for brian it feels like this is yet one more thing that's trying to tell me what i'm doing wrong or try to tell me how i should act or whatever you've taken my what are you what would you call this it's not his alter ego but kind of it is like his alter <laughs> yeah, ego. yeah you've taken my alter ego and now you've put him in a position that you know i don't want to be in and so i could see how he feels might have some strong objections to that i don't think he was necessarily trashing their story because he hasn't even read it yet but I think he was making his feelings known about his stance on marriage, which Michael shouldn't really be surprised by. But I do understand Michael being defensive and protective when it comes to his to his work. I do understand that. But and I think Brian leaves because it's already turning sour. He didn't want to come. He's already going somewhere anyway. And so he leaves. But I think it just it didn't go right. <laughs> you know, like 
there are probably a couple more sentences that should have been exchanged between mm-hmm. them all, but I get what all is going on with all the parties here. So I know why Michael is defensive and protective. There's still a part of him that's probably always going to be looking for Brian to to validate something that he's doing, some mm-hmm. choice of his. Even though he he doesn't need that from Brian anymore, it's just habit to do that. And so when Brian is like, I don't, I don't like this or whatever, that's all. he's always going to be super sensitive to that. Right. And then, like you said, Justin was hearing all of this, and I think both he and Michael take took this as a rejection, but not in the same way. Yeah. To Michael, it's a rejection of his chosen lifestyle. True. But to Justin, this is a rejection of a possible future or wanted. even yeah. a possible conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, we can't even have the, the conversation. Right. Yeah. Well, it's eye opening for Justin. Mm-hmm. Well, we always see Justin showing Brian covers or panels or talking about what's coming with rage or in those storylines. So I think he knew this one was going to be iffy because he hadn't mentioned anything about this one yeah, to, to Brian. at all. Yeah, and so that's why he stood from afar to listen to how Brian was reacting to it. Uh, and then when Brian's like, no, nope, don't like it, and then kind of puts it down and leaves, and that, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that definitely feels like a rejection for him. Yeah, it was. It was definitely a rejection. My heart goes out to Justin in this. When they get to this topic, there is no maneuvering, and I feel like he's just lost for words. So I thought... I'm thinking that him writing this storyline out would gear Brian up, gear him up to get him there because, you know, Brian believes in the comic book. He stands behind Justin anything right. that he does. And, and he, he loves- can just give him that. Yeah. And then instead of saying, I'd like to talk to you about our future, right, right. maybe he could give him that. And exactly. Then like- <laughs> but Brian rejected the hell out of that. Like, right. I, mean, dro- I mean, he dropped that hope like 10 feet. Like, boop, okay. <laughs> I'm going to my party. Okay, yeah. like, I mean, he's out. And not like, just any party. Yeah, to the fuck party. I'm going to the, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to the, what do you call the sex party? I'm like, what do you call that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going I to don't the, know what they call yeah, it, but yeah. Going to the circuit sex party. So, I mean, it was like, to me, it was just like really hurtful, slap in the face. But he really couldn't say anything because, I mean, he knows who he's dealing with. Right. You know, like yeah. He, and I don't think that Brian necessarily meant it to be that, but that I definitely see why Justin took it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if I'm in Justin's shoes, I would probably take it that way too. So, I love having conversations with our patrons over on Patreon. And we were talking about another episode not too long ago. And it got me thinking that as the audience, we always have more information than everyone else does. Right. Like, so when it comes to things between Brian and Justin, we know more about what's going on with Brian than Justin does. And we know more about what's going on with Justin than Brian does. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important to keep in mind during tricky things like this because you can look and be like, why is Justin upset? Well, we know what's going on with Brian, right. but Justin doesn't. And mm-hmm. then you're like, why would Brian just leave? Well, we know what's going on with Justin, but Brian may not know all of what's going on. Exactly. So we always, so as the audience, you always have more information to work with. And so I feel like sometimes you just got to think about that. when you're, <laughs> Yeah, instead of like taking a side immediately, just think about, okay, I have way more information than they do <laughs> on this issue. Right, right. No, that's, that's a good point to point out. I'm glad you made that. So that wasn't for you. That was, yeah, for, anyway. Okay, so I want to back up because I intentionally delayed talking about this. When Ted and Emmett were coming down the stairs, Hunter was sitting there looking very unseen and uncomfortable in his own home. And Ted and Emmett probably said hi to them maybe on their way up. But coming back down, they were in their own conversation. And so, but he was right there. And it's kind of like he is, he's there in the midst of this. This is his home, supposed to be his family. But he does not seem like he's a part of this at all. And now Debbie is wanting a family photo and Ben goes over to find Hunter and tells him that they are taking a family photo and Hunter doesn't know why they want him. And then he takes off upstairs. There's starting to be some issues there with his place in the family. I mean, he's just a normal teenager. 
He's going through the normal workings of it. He doesn't feel like he's fitting in anywhere. He doesn't have anybody to talk to at school. He doesn't feel like he can talk to anybody at home. And it's it, like they've yeah. got other focuses. And it's not yeah. like he's like, wham, pay attention to me. But he's just like, he doesn't feel like he's fitting in there. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I understand where he's coming from. But um, again, like I said, they missed a moment where they could have actually was able to get inside his head to see where he was coming from and to connect with him. Yeah. But I mean, but life got to go on. Like they still have lives to lead and they're not, they probably not thinking it's this bad. So I, I would think that he's strong enough as well to handle what's on his plate. And if it got too bad, he would come and talk to us and let us know before it got out of hand. But I mean, they must forget who they're dealing with. Well, and I think sometimes in this, I feel like this in some ways you tell, Oh, you're so strong or, Oh, you're so whatever. Well, then people just expect you to be there all the time. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not that 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's meant as a compliment, but it can become something that is very constricting Correct. for people. Correct. Yeah. Well, Brian made it to the party and things are going well. Uh, I don't think he's certified to be operating that lift that he's no, on, though. But, um, <laughs> yeah. He got a lift already. Yeah, but he is bouncing from one dude to the next. But the new hot Babylon boy comes in and the trick that Brian is with at that minute tells him, a better offer has come along. Girl, so, that was a slap ouch. in the face. Ooh, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Like, br- what? Yeah. Like, you should have just left, but you didn't have to say all that extra shit. Right. A better offer comes along. That, that's rude. <laughs> that's I would have so pulled rude. you by the hair and would have put you on my cock. Like, no, get on. <laughs> no, this is the better option right here, okay? But damn, I mean, like, Brian never gets hit with a three-piece like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, you got. That is twice now that he's yes. been rejected in this one that, episode. That's three times. You got curved in the back room. Yeah. You got curved in the bathroom. And oh, now. Now you at the sex party, bro, and the man ain't even naked. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. he's in a jacket for crying yeah. out loud. And they say the better option has come through the door. Mm. Yeah. And we already know Brian and rejection do not mix well. At all. And he's never really been rejected in this area nah, before. Yeah, ever. So. Get the drugs ready, y'all. He's going to go on a binge. I know some people may not like this direction for this episode, but I feel like it's kind of similar to the... um. It's supposed to have a similar effect to the cancer storyline in a way. But on a smaller scale, something is threatening what Brian holds dear. And he's been doing all this defending of his right to be a Peter Pan if he wants, to have multiple partners at night if he wants, to drink and do drugs. And as long as everything is consensual and no one's getting hurt. Like, he's been advocating for this is how I want to live my life. This is who I am. And he's made himself the king of this land and then in this episode, a new person has come into his territory. Mm-hmm. And for all intents and purposes, this person refuses to bow or bend for him. And it started yeah. he's starting to take his loyal subjects away from him, too. Yeah. And as much as I hate to see Brian lose at something, I love seeing what comes out of him when he is being squeezed by external forces. Yeah, true. We get a different a different beast. Yeah. <laughs> Pressure makes diamonds, okay? Like, <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we have to get a different beast, so I can't wait to see... What happens to Brian after the three rejections from one guy? This is crazy. And then we see them in another, yet another stare down here. And if you have nothing to do, nothing better to do with your time or your life, and you have no real responsibilities, then go back and watch <laughs> Brian's face each time he and this guy have a stare down. This last time, though, like yeah. Brian was ready to kill. Yeah, he it, wanted w- blood. Yeah, it went from from like predatory to amusement to downright anger with yeah. a hint of envy. Yeah, yeah it's great. and it, it made a lot of other stops along the way. So. It was out for blood. <laughs> like I thought he was gonna bite down on his lip, and it was gonna start bleeding. <laughs> like I was like, oh, this man is hungry for blood. Yeah. Girl. Well, we see Justin at the comic book store with Michael, and people are loving this special wedding issue of Rage. I mean, it's bringing people in the store. This is fucked up. It's flying off the shelf. Yeah. 
Everybody loving it except for the person yeah, you exactly. want to love. Exactly. Everybody loves it. JT got his man. Everyone, but you know who, Justin says. Michael says, yeah, I do know who and what did you expect? And I'm like, Michael, you just acted like you got all offended by it last night. Of course, Justin's going to be offended by it. He's the partner. Yeah, <laughs> so, but I kind of feel what Michael's saying. Yeah. Like, baby, you you, yeah. know, you knew the rules that you laid out. Yeah, no, what Michael said is correct. Yeah. I'm just talking about Michael being inconsistent and how yes. he responds to well, Brian. Michael's always going to be inconsistent um, to, to <laughs> Justin. Like, I mean, he still has like this nose in the air thing for Justin, I feel like. Although they work together, they have never been 100. <laughs> They've always been like strong eight, you know what I'm saying? Like strong nine. There's never yeah. been a 10. I feel like they have never been a 10. Yeah. Ever. So I don't think they, they're ever going to be, they're never going to be what we want them to be, you know, yeah. or where they could actually be. So Justin, Michael's always going to try to shade him. I'm like, yeah, I know who. <laughs> what did you expect? Yeah. Well, bet you went to that last night. Right. Okay. Like, I know we are not doing Michael pylons anymore, but Michael immediately threw a hissy fit when Brian made a comment about the new issue last night. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, anyway, Justin says that he expected that life might imitate art. He heard it had been known to happen, and he was suckered into his own fantasy. And I think that's something that you were saying earlier. Like, he was able to kind of write out this possible thing and kind of live vicariously through JT and through Rage. And so it's like, I can write it out here. And leave it, kind of live that, right. kind of live that life here. If I can't do it in the real world, True. but maybe, like you were saying, also maybe this will pave the way for a conversation about something that I may True. may want. But then we saw that rejection, and then he knew that that yeah. conversation was like at a dead end. Yeah. So I think now he's feeling a little sad because he's like, How, "What do you go from there? Yeah, like, you 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 really don't go anywhere from there. Yeah, if you can't even have the conversation, yeah, like, yeah, where can you go?" Uh, Justin says that nobody on Earth knows better than he does that unless Brian were genetically altered by some nuclear mishap, that could never happen. Michael says it's not a bad story, but, um, you know, the story that he's hoping in. But that's kind of the problem for Justin. It's only a story. A kid comes in to buy the new issue of Rage, and they should probably be carding people for issues of Rage. Because Rage is too much. Yeah, unless this one doesn't have a honeymoon scene, like they, they should definitely be, be carding people. That little, the one that Justin was working on in Hollywood with the big penis and is shooting out the semen, like that was a <laughs> lot. Like that was a well, one of them a cover issue. Yeah, like so I'm like, I mean, the I cover of the issue. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, the kid thinks that the new issue is awesome, and Justin says another satisfied customer. And I think what he's saying is, like, someone else will buy this story and this lie. You know, somebody else is going to kind of live off that. Right. But what I do love in in that little scene right there, although Justin's not getting his happy day, clearly he's setting the tone for a younger generation. Yeah, and I do love that. Yeah, he set the tone for a younger generation because this kid was a kid. And whether he be gay by pins or something like that. To him seeing that two men in this hero, this like strong Mm -hmm. man who saves the day to see that he can wants to get married and can fall in love and marry someone. Yeah. It's possible. You just it is giving a new generation hope. You gave them hope. That's Mm -hmm. what it was. Not because every gay couple has to set marriage as their end goal, or even every straight couple, but because it's a possibility yeah, now. Because it was never a possibility. Yeah, Michael says he never thought about yeah, it. Yeah, it was never one. So the fact that y'all even creating this, you're at least starting starting the um the, the groundwork for the evolution or revolution, I guess, you know, um, for the equality of the gay marriage and things of that nature. So you putting forth that will. Where's yeah. that will? There will be a way. Yeah. So um yeah. So I, was I, proud I of def- I'm glad you brought that up because mm-hmm. I think that's a really good thing. And I think that's an important 
this show does a lot of important things like that in very subtle ways mm-hmm. because right you can and we've talked about this how we can get laser focused and zero in on whether we side with Brian or with Justin Justin should want this or no Justin you can't want this or Brian should give him this or no he shouldn't give him this we can get narrow focused on those two and forget the larger story going right. on here like True. hey let's celebrate the fact that we can have a conversation about whether or not we want to get married Absolutely. and so let's not get lost so much in I mean true it's a TV show we love these characters but let's not get so lost so much in this ultra zoomed in story that we can't look at the bigger picture Mm -hmm. well ben stumbles upon hunter sitting outside on the front porch and they exchange a bit of small talk including news of melanie and Lindsay declaring a ceasefire brian leaving to go attend a sex party and ben and michael putting the camera in hunter's face and pretending they are a happy family ben says they were not pretending and he promises hunter that he's going to get through this well hunter doesn't want false hope and the world is just awful which is true don't watch the news it's terrible Ben tries to tell him about a charter school, but Hunter doesn't want to do this all over again. Then new people will find out and it'll be the same thing, just at a different place. And I kind of get why he feels like that. And I mean, it all, it's all still very fresh, too. True. I mean, it's still fresh, like you said. And also, like, you at this stage in the game, you feel like, yeah, it's going to happen all over again. If he joins sports, he get hurt. Anything. Tell one person, you know. Yeah, he told one person, yeah. and it became this big old thing. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, like, you want to go through that. But they should be giving him more options, like, okay, well, we have the GED option. We have homeschooling here, you mm-hmm. know. Or we have a school for maybe, like, I don't know if they have things like that now. Nowadays, they have schools to, like, the gay children or, or children who wants to transition. I don't know if they have things like that. But, again, this is another moment where, hey, we're going to get through this. What are we getting through? You right. haven't had any conversations. Let's talk you, solutions yeah. and options. Exactly. And like, yeah. get into a Not head. just some, like, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Because, yeah, Hunter's very strong, but he's human, and you feel stuff when you're human. True. Like, you want to say words don't hurt, but they do. They do. They're words. I would much rather have the ass whooping than the, the, the thrashing <laughs> yeah. of the words. You, you carry get, that. Yeah, you can get over that pain, yeah. but yeah. You carry those words. So, I mean, it, it is. It's tough. You guys are not, I mean, y'all are good parents. I know y'all, y'all care for the boy, but. You're not yeah. getting to the root of the issue. Yeah, and maybe it's because like they don't know of the proper resources that right. they can give, give to Hunter. You would think um, that Ben would do a little more or would have more advice to give, I guess. Although he wasn't a high school student with HIV, but he knows you know, the stigma that goes along with that. And mm-hmm. during that time period, mm-hmm. he should see and understand and sympathize with Hunter opposed to like just, it's going to be okay. No, I understand you're upset. I understand you're hurt. You want to talk about it. Can you want to go seek some professional help? You are fucking college professor you have you ought to know of some resources that, that's that, available yeah for this child but i mean yeah but the, we also got to remember this was in two, early 2000s and how many people were looking for how many people were validating mental health issues true. and psychological trauma and all that kind of stuff at that time true. a lot of people weren't and so now if this were going on i'd be like here are a million things that i just <laughs> thought of on the spot that you can that can help this person right, but right. back then i don't know how i don't know how available that all was. So true. We see Carl meeting Debbie at the diner, and she tells him about her diagnosis. Whatever it is, Carl is in it for the long haul. Love He's going to be there for her and with her. He's going to stand by her and not go anywhere. Yes. She's telling him ever since she left the diner, she's felt lost. She never thought of her job as work. It's been more like a dance to her. And it's more than a job. It's who she is, and she wants it back. Carl says that he was just trying to make it easier on her, but if this will make her happy, he will stand by her, and again, he's not going anywhere. Debbie checks to make sure that he's okay with this, and good thing he is, because her shift started five minutes ago. Debbie's a motherfucker, <laughs> I swear. Like, when we were 
watching yes. this, you were like, does she got that shirt on? Yeah, I was like, jacket. hold up. Like, I see something bright and colorful. Like, what is going on? Like, yeah. why is she in the diner? Yeah. I'm like, what's what's up? I knew it, but Carl's a writer. Like, he, I mean, they're meant for each other. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, he loves the hell out of Debbie. And he'll support her in anything that she does. And uh, and, and she and vice versa. She loves him, yeah. too. So I love that she, although she had already accepted the position because she knew that's something she needed to do, <laughs> I love that she still was going to ask him and, and get his head where it needed to be before she said, okay. But yeah, I love the scene. Debbie needs to be back at work. She's not to yeah. stay at home, like, let me just lounge. And let me I just think order. that was too much of a shock to the system to yeah. go straight into that. And because everybody else is busy. It'd be one thing if this was season one and they were all a little bit more tightly involved right. in each other's lives, but they're not anymore. Mm-hmm. They're, I mean, of course, they still see each other fairly regularly, but... Michael and Brian probably only see each other talk once a week now. And right. so they everybody's got other things going on. And so it's not like Debbie was going into Justin living there yeah. and all this other stuff. You know, Emmett lives there. Emmett's got a life. I think it was just too much of a shock to the system too fast. It was for her just, to... just too fast. Mm-hmm. Well, we see Ted and Troy doing some things. Hey. And Troy is enjoying himself. Baby. And when they are done, Troy realizes that he's been there before. At that apartment complex or condo, whatever, wherever they are. He's been there before. I'm like, Trey, you a hoe. You don't remember nobody. You don't remember. You don't remember. (laughs) No. Yeah, he's been in that building with some poor loser. And Ted says, well, the place is crawling with them. Troy says when they first hooked up at the gym, he wasn't sure that Ted would be so hot. And Ted comes out and after hearing all this and he kind of got part of what he wanted. And so he's about to tell him where to get on and get off. But Troy is laying there all glistening and greedy and whatnot. Yes, baby. So the mind games are going to have to wait. Yes, because I feel a round two (laughs) on her eyes. Yes, I was trying to feel like, how do I, what do I think and how do I feel about this? But I think I got to get more of it to make Yeah, I think I got to get more of it too because, I mean, everybody have dumb moments. And and also that was prior to 2002, clearly we're in 2004. So maybe this boy has changed in those last two years. You, You just never know. Uh, I mean, well, actually, we still kind of know. He's still douchey. Yeah. But still, like, <laughs> I still want a little more. I want to see what, what could happen with this storyline, you know? Yeah, because I'm usually like, don't repay evil with evil. Yeah, but I just want to see. I just see. need to see a little bit yeah, more, Yeah, me I too. I need to feel a little bit more. But I'm, I'm I'm liking what's going on because as of right now, Ted does have the upper hand. So yeah. he could either destroy this boy or destroy this boy, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, And I'm glad he chose the second type of destroy. Yeah. Because he tells him to roll on over so he can get a little piece of that. That them cookies, them cakes. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ben and Michael are cooking dinner and talking about Hunter. Hunter is 17 now. And don't even try to make me think about the fact that Justin was 17 when he met Brian. Don't do that to me because that is not very nice of you. Anyway, Michael wants to play the parent card and force Hunter to go to school. But Ben doesn't think that's the right approach. If they pressure him, they will push him away more. Michael wants him to go finish school so he can go to college and be a lawyer and a doctor and the president. Well, I think he's just like wanting Hunter to have a future. And he's like, he needs this piece of the puzzle is what Michael is thinking. Ben appreciates his optimism, but he thinks that they should give Hunter some time and space. And hopefully he'll come to the right decision on his own. And so we're really just getting two different parenting styles yeah, is what true. we're getting. Hunter has been listening from the stairs and he comes down over to them with a bag packed because he is leaving and not just for evening he's leaving for good and he says that he can't stay there and michael tries to stop him but hunter doesn't feel like he belongs there anymore he feels like a problem and an embarrassment and not always but often when you're dealing with kids and similar with similar stories to hunter assimilation into quote-unquote normal is a very hard thing and it's a lot of back and forth i remember when i did family law stuff the first case that i had was a teenage girl 
every maybe five or six months, she'd run away. Oh, wow. Yeah, she just, everything would be going fine, you would think, and then she would just run away. Oh. And so we'd have to, like, get her and place her somewhere else and, like, try to find her and all this stuff. And But it was so hard for her to assimilate herself into whatever that family's normal was. And we did, you know, I had to make sure we did all the research. There was no abuse happening. It was none that we could find or anything. She never even reported any kind of abuse or anything. But she just had such a hard time settling into that. And she didn't even have these other issues that Hunter, not, she didn't have, you know, she wasn't positive. She hadn't been found out at school or whatever. And even without that, she had some other similar stories to him, but it was very hard for her to feel like she belonged in a family setting like that. That's sad. Yeah, very, very sad. That's really, really sad. Mm. And as Michael and Ben are moving into this new phase of their life, which is totally fine, Hunter doesn't feel like he fits with that, especially with all of this, what he feels like is drama and baggage that he is bringing to the table. And it's not intentional on Ben and Michael's part, but Hunter is in a very sensitive spot. And I don't think it's working for him in the way that it's working for them as they're trying to look more like everyone around them. He's like, right. but I'm not like everyone around you. Right. And so they're not doing it on purpose, but I don't think it, they're it's not, working for yeah, him. They have their eyes on something else. They're not paying attention to the, yeah. it goes back to what I've been saying about when this whole situation, they're not, they're missing the points, yeah. you know, and he's blaming himself. It's almost like when the, when the family gets a divorce, the husband and wife gets a divorce, mm-hmm. the kid always blames themselves. Like, right. What could what did I do? I could have done this better. Like it's my fault. I broke up the family. Things of that nature. No. So I mean, Hunter's putting the blame on himself. It's me with the disease. I caused the embarrassment. The entire neighbors know what's going on. I don't want to go back to school. Like I'm just gonna be a headache. He he's, he only seen the negative. Mm-hmm. And uh, and like you said, they're so busy trying to fit in with the world around them, they're not noticing what's going on with inside their own walls. Right, you know? that's putting more of a rift between them and yeah. Hunter, kind of. And it's not intentional. And I think, it, again, it's a very honest and real thing that happens because they're just trying to do what makes sense and what feels right for them. Yeah. And they're not really seeing how it is affecting them. I mean, them. he said it. I mean, net on the head. Y'all putting a camera down my face, pretending like we're the happy family. Yeah. And Ben said we are. So in Ben's and Michael Oz, they really are happy. Like they're they they want you there. They really do love you. Yeah. They care for you. But clearly, they're missing something that you're not showing, or 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 when they're just he's not like, seeing. But I'm not happy. Yeah. But then he's <laughs> yeah. rebutting like, but I'm not. Like it's we're not happy. Like I don't mm-hmm. want to play like this Brady Bunch. Like mm-hmm. I don't want that. Like I want something real. And um, yeah, just it's, yeah. it's sad. And I understand what he's going through. Mm-hmm. And um. I just I want to see what's going to happen. Hopefully he comes home. Yeah. Michael's approach to this whole thing is that they are his legal guardians and what they say goes. Well, Hunter tries to push past him and Michael tries to grab his bag and he doesn't care if he has to lock Hunter in his room. Michael's a little panicked and worried, of course, and he's trying to control this situation that he is not in control of. But I do think there's genuine concern for Hunter in the way he's responding. His thing is, like I said, we're the parents. He's a child. He should do whatever we say. And it makes sense that he has that kind of approach because he was raised by Debbie. And that's Debbie's approach to things. Ben tries to talk logically to Hunter and he asks where he's going and if he has any money. Michael's not really wanting to go in that direction, but he does share the same concern and fears that, that Ben has. Well, Ben gives Hunter cash and tells him that he, if he needs more to call them. And Hunter gives back his key. And after realizing that the decision is final... Michael does hand over the cash that he has in his wallet. I think right. at that point he realizes, you okay. You can't intimidate anyone. Yeah, like I can't force you to do this. Yeah. You've already made up your mind. Like it's real. It's happening. And then um, 
I think Hunter coming into the house has it really changed Michael and oh, it, yeah. it, it grew him up a lot. It did. Um, and I love that he was trying to play tough guy. Like, no, you're not going anywhere. And then when he realized there was nothing he could do, he actually gave the money up because he really does care for the boy. Yeah. And he's going to need some type of money or something. Or he's going to resort to right back to what he was doing. Right. And even if he doesn't want to do that, then he's going to find something else, which yeah. still ain't going to be No, either he's going to be stealing something. Yeah. It's not going to be a good look. And we saw the boys that he was already hooked up with when Michael found him a couple of weeks ago. Or was mm-hmm. it Michael and Ben? They both ran up on Michael him? Michael and Ben, yeah. Yeah, so not, not a good look. But I'm glad Michael came to his senses and gave him some money. Yeah. And this is what we said, I think, last episode when we, we said— when Michael puts his own, how he thinks it should be, how he thinks parenting should go, when he puts that on the back burner and just prioritizes the needs of his children, that's when he's the best version of a father. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he's doing here. He's realizing, hey, my approach to parenthood is not universal, and that's not going to work for every single child. Mm-hmm. There's some kids that you can intimidate with that, and there's some that that's not going to work. Right. And I think when he's able to put that, it's like, okay, this isn't about me. This is about Hunter, and this is something that he feels like he needs. So the best thing I can do is just try to equip him to be safe and yeah. and let him know that we're going to be here if he comes back or if he True. needs anything. When Brian is at the loft getting ready for his night out, he wants uh, Justin's hot or not opinion on his outfit. <laughs> Without looking, Justin says it's hot, which in his defense, probably. It is. Yeah, 9.9 I mean, times out of 10, that's going to be the accurate answer for <laughs> Brian can put on a trash bag and yeah. it'd be stylish and sexy and chic. <laughs> yeah. Just because of the way he's going to move in yeah. it. Yeah. Well, that resounding approval did not do it for Brian, so he is back to the closet. Justin tells him that they sold out every copy of the marriage issue, and they have orders for many more. Brian says if not having any jewels is what it takes to be a gay superhero, then he'd warn Rage to hurry and get out of Gayopolis. <laughs> uh, Justin says that if Brian didn't stay out all night doing stuff and things, maybe he wouldn't be so cranky because he's clearly in a mood. Like, he's throwing these shirts on and off. He can't mm-hmm. find anything, anything to wear. Brian says, well, who said I was doing stuff and things? And there was someone, but someone else got him. And so I want to take that little part. So what happens in that scene? Justin says, oh, with you, I'm sure there was someone. And Brian says, yeah, but someone else got to him. And so I want to take that out of context and just save it to the side. We're going to deal with mm-hmm. that later. Um, anyway, Justin is amused that there's finally some competition for Brian and Brian's like, you just don't get it. Tells Justin, you don't get it. And Brian is kind of struggling, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he was really giving a vulnerable confession to Justin. But Justin's not taking it that way. Because, again, in this scene, he's not looking at him. Right. He's not looking at he's not looking at Brian. They're not even really looking at each other as they're talking through this scene. But if he were looking in Brian's face like we were, then maybe he might mm-hmm. handle this a little bit differently. And Brian says, one little gesture, easily o- overlooked. Uh, but the meaning is clear. It has started. Um, and then none of the five black shirts that he's put on are working. I know. <laughs> so he tries another and tries to get Justin's opinion, um, which I think he does want and value. He, I think right now he is kind of, he wants to hear, but I think he, part of him is needing to hear Justin say, to look at him and say, yes, mm-hmm. that looks amazing. That looks hot. Right. I think I think a part of him does really, I don't think it's all vanity. Right. What do you think? Yeah, it's not vanity, but he wants the approval of Justin. Like, yeah. hey, I know I'm getting dressed for someone else, but this is still yours. Right, you know, like, and he want like, because he has, he, we know that he trusts Justin's opinion. Absolutely. And so he is wanting him to validate him, and that he's True. like, uh, he's wanting him to give him that. But the same way that Michael and Ben have missed all the cues of Hunter, yeah. he has missed all the cues in, mm-hmm. in this entire scene. I mean, this whole episode. Yeah. So, um, 
normally Justin would be all over it. Yeah, but, and he would know, okay, he really needs this from me. I'm going to yeah, give, give him what, he, need, what but he needs. Justin is not giving him that because that's not what Justin wants out of his relationship anymore. Or, or in this moment, that's not what he's feeling. You you haven't given him anything that he that he wanted. You didn't even look look over the magazine. You basically rejected him twice without him even tr- saying anything. He's not feeling it. And then the fact that you're still hung up over being rejected yeah. and you're still Brian fucking Kenny, like, get over it. I feel like he's just done. He's tired. Brian climbs out of his own head for a minute and takes in Justin's silence and his posture and his attitude and all of this and just kind of briefly looks over and glances at it. And Justin says that when he was in L.A., he had a lot of fun um, with a lot of folks. <laughs> but when he came back and Brian said that the offer still stands, he was hoping it meant they were finally going to be a real couple like Michael and Ben. I've got some thoughts about him using that that phrase and that wording. I want to explore what Justin means by a real couple. And so we'll do that later. But he uh, because he told he told those guys a few episodes back in 504, he's like, we've been together for four years. And so mm. now he's like, I thought we we're going to be a real couple. And so there's got to be something different that he means when he says that. Monogamy. That's what he means. OK, <laughs> that's what he means. He, he doesn't mean, you know, Ben and Michael don't have tricks on the side. Yeah. Okay? Ben and Michael are buying houses. They're trying to have babies. You know, mm-hmm. they have multiple kids, actually. But so just last episode. People they change. Had the, yeah. This is the whole, we're going to talk about this later. Yeah. But just, I just want to slip in. Just last episode, when they were at the VIP and Brian brought over the two guys. That was Brian's surprise. But Justin, Justin didn't that. reject it. He ain't going to reject it because he knows that's what <laughs> Brian and his dynamic, that's what that's what the dynamic is between yeah. them two. I, I I think there's a lot going on here in. Baby girl, you can stutter have... and backstep and backpedal <laughs> over Brighton as much as you want. But I know what, what Justin wants. You know what Justin wants. You want to protect Brian. It's Stop okay. it right now. No, I don't want to protect <laughs> Brian. I'm trying to. It's protect. actually funny. I'm trying to protect Justin. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we'll talk about that later. Uh-huh. Okay. We're going to explore <laughs> what we think Justin means by a real couple later. Anyway, but Justin goes on and he says, I thought one day we might have the things they have, a house, maybe even a family. Brian listens and then he asks about the last shirt that he put on. And he goes to the mirror and he says what he has been wanting Justin to say uh, and what he wants to hear. He says it looks hot. And um, yeah, I think that Brian is realizing that several things have begun. And then the song Going Nowhere by Cut Copy plays us out. Which is sad. Yeah. <laughs> Which is sad. You said you felt like Brian was having a midlife crisis Baby, right he's having a midlife crisis right now. He is. Yeah. He's going through it. He's older. He's already had, he had cancer scare. Uh, he started a brand new business, bought a club. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, you could invest your money in so much more. But you bought a club. You're running from any type of, like, I mean, relationship, relationships. I don't, I don't even know what word I'm looking for in that. But anything yeah. that's going to hold you and tie you down. Yeah, any type of attachment. Yeah, attachment. Anyone. There it is. Thank you, girl. I couldn't get Romantic it. or yes. platonic. Thank yeah. you. You're running from all of that. He He's going through it. Like, I mean, he, he is. And then he see his best friend, Michael. I would have never thought in my wildest dreams that Michael and Brian would probably only see, them, see each other once a week. They were seeing each other multiple times in, in a day. Right. You know, so... To see them kind of like pull apart, he's losing everything around him. You exactly. know, he's not, he's not losing and when them, you, but he's but losing and when them. that is happening, 
there is something that's like, okay, what does that mean for me? Yeah. What does that mean in my life? And what does that require of me? Mm-hmm. And initially, for someone like Brian, your first reaction is going to be to run from it all or exactly. to push it all to away. Push it away. And that's like, what he's no, doing. Get away from me. You're trying to demand things of me. Get away from me. Yep. And that's, we already know that when Brian, like, when he pushed the walls up, they go up high and there's no breaking through at all. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's doing with his friends. You know, he's pushing Justin away, which that's that's collateral damage. I feel bad for him. I mean, because but, he's not trying to do no, that. He's not. Or he doesn't want to do that. But, but it's the only thing that he knows. Yeah. It, it, he knows that that's how he protects himself. Yeah. You know? I think he's having a hard time maintaining all those other things, convictions or whatever, and holding on to Justin in yep, a way, you know, true. because the one thing, like you said, Justin is becoming collateral damage to those other things. Mm-hmm, I agree mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. I don't know. It just. It's sad. I just want to know. We only have what six, seven more episodes left to go. Six more episodes because we'll be, yeah. So we'll just say seven because we're still on six now. Yeah. So I just there is normally normally we'll get like this crazy end and then we get to come back. I just they better have some damn good closure for me, <laughs> for real. Like I, I'm gonna act a fool. Maybe I am gonna join the whole petition bus thing with y'all <laughs> for real, for real. If I don't get no closure, because I just feel like this is going to end bad. Like, it's not going to be the happy ending that I want. Like, I just want my damn fairy tale. And I just, you can't give, you can't have Brian and Justin this way mid-season. Like, that's some shit you should have did the first episode, one, two, and three, and then got them back together. You know what I'm saying? Four, five, and six. Where, what are we doing? Like, what, what, what is going, I'm, no. It's, it's I cannot comment on any of that. It's but, upsetting. Yeah. It's upsetting. But I will say, so I'm not commenting on that. So I'm not going to say, but separately, I'm going to say this. Brian and Justin are both very self-involved right now. They are each battling their own issues and demons and stuff. And these are not even new demons necessarily. These are things that have resurfaced right. in their life. Brian has battled his fear of aging and not being physically desirable before. And Justin has battled uncertainty and confusion and lots of big life questions before. And now when only one of them is dealing with something tough, like Brian and the cancer, the other one can be there as a support and can extend a lot of grace and patience. But like and Brian did that when Justin couldn't draw and was flipping out, you know, in season two stuff. And when he bought him the computer, now they can do that for each other. Usually when only one of them is really struggling, but it's kind of hard when they are both struggling with mm-hmm. things, especially when the things that they are struggling with are kind of putting them in different. Um, okay. My struggle is in this. I feel like people are trying to force me to do something I don't want to do. And then mm-hmm. your struggle is needing me to do that thing that I don't want to do. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but like we saw in season two, again, it's hard when they are struggling with their own things that are not compatible or where the solutions are not compatible. Right. I think if they weren't battling their own demons at the same time, they'd be dealing with this a lot better. Some with each other a lot better. True. I mean, the way you just explained that, I can see that. Yeah. So if they wasn't, if they weren't, Dealing with their own issues, yes, I think they would definitely have a, a better because they're not even grasp. looking at each other. Yeah, they're not. They're Everybody's not even, they're yeah. fighting for their own stuff. True, they have a better grasp on on how to handle this because for the most part, they don't ever have to speak. They can communicate, you know, without even saying words. Like they're really they're really good a- about that, taking care of each other. Like mm-hmm. they're really good at that. It's sad to see when they're not. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that's what that's what's bothersome. I know because they've seemed so strong, mm-hmm. like through since they got back together in three hundred eight, they have seemed so strong. I was like they're unstoppable. Yeah, and so this is very hard. And I think we're, we're, what has me so angry is that they were doing so well to see Brian on that bike and envisioning Justin yeah. getting him through. You know? I know that's what's hurting me so bad is to see where they yeah, got to exactly, yeah. and then to see that we have regressed. 
back to this. Because if after seeing him on that bike and, you know, pushing through and he had nothing else to fight for. And in my opinion, he, he decided to go ahead through the surgery so he could have he could live for Justin mm-hmm. and for himself and to continue this. I would have thought that they would have been, although Brian said he never wanted to be in relationships, we saw that he was doing a relationship. Mm -hmm. We saw that Brian never wanted to be married. I thought that he may have would have come around. But to see the way this is playing out, it's like, damn. Yeah, well, and even for Justin to have had an understanding, and even though a part of him might, it's one thing to prefer something, but then to be like, yeah, sure, I might prefer Mm -hmm. that, but I'm happy with this. And so to see him going from where he was content with the thing he was happy with to now being so hyper-focused on the thing that he prefers, especially when it seems like it's been a short period of time for him to do that. Now, we've talked about before why Justin has this going on and how this is how he reacts. Justin seeks stability and security when life is kind of unsure and crazy. And so to see him, and it's fine that he is changing his mind. It's fine to want something different in your life and in your relationship, but... It's know. not that he even changed his mind because something he's always wanted, hence what we got in season two while they broke up. He wanted that, like, stable, that, that stable real, mm-hmm. or, you know, what we call a real, what we've seen as real relationships. He didn't want that unconventional. He wanted someone that he could crawl into bed that night. He knows that they're not having, they're not going out with tricks. I he honestly knows. don't think he's that bothered by monogamy, though, or, or the lack of it. I don't think that he's he's bothered by it, but I think there's something that he's... I don't think that it's an issue with or without. You're like he can have it. He can have monogamy. He can be with a, a non-monogamous relationship. Yeah. But at the same time, when he's thinking about a relationship, a husband is not out cheating on or out having sex with other. You know, with other in his mind, in a, yeah. what Michael and Ben is showing, what I'm sure what Craig and Jennifer showed. You know, what Melanie Lynn showed. No one was having affairs, so I, he's surrounded by people who are in relationships that are and. and I mean, go back to Debbie and, and Carl. Mm-hmm. They ain't doing that. Go back to right. Lindsay and Mel. Now, the they other couple they were with in 504 is doing that. The two guys. Yeah, but Brian can even get the the, the, the age, <laughs> I mean, the, the number of years together. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Four weeks, four years. Like, which one is it, bitch? Four days? Yeah. Four minutes? What is it? <laughs> yeah. Like, God, couldn't even get it together. Yeah. I don't know that I have all the necessary information to properly comment on this right now. So I think I will not. But the point is, this is sad to see. It is. And I just don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah, yeah. I know. It is. It is sad because we keep talking. You're going to mess around and slip up. Yeah, I know. I got to shut up. But this, mm-hmm. other than that, this was a very straightforward episode. So, it was. Yeah. Very straightforward mm-hmm. episode. I'm looking forward to see what happens with Emmett, if he's going to continue on being, you know, the strong guy and pushing the limits and not not shutting up and just, you know, yeah. taking it. And I'm dying to see what's going to happen with Brighton. Yeah. Dying to see what's happening with them. And, and Hunter. I'm, I'm a little scared for Hunter. Uh, we didn't even touch on, though, how Melanie. Uh, yes, we did touch that they did a, a cease and desist or whatever, ceasefire. But um, they laughed. That's all I wanted. Yeah. All I wanted was to see Melanie and Lindsay laugh together. Yeah, and you have did. been wanting that for a long time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got it. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. I mean, I know we just rambled a lot, but. You got to see the both sides. Like we don't always agree on everything, <laughs> yeah. you know. But we're always going to come together. So uh, this is why we do it, so we can have a good debate, a good conversation, yeah. um, and these deep dives. Uh, let us know what your thoughts and your comments are. You know how to reach us, guys. And as always, until next time, we are out of here. Bye. Bye. Bye.